Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today, Tuesday, September 15th. There's a lot of news breaking out around the world, particularly in Washington. Just a few minutes ago, President Trump presided over a historic peace deal between Arab neighbors and Israel. Yes, Bahrain, UAE, how exciting. Peace is breaking out in the Middle East in the least and most unexpected ways. Uh, Very important stuff that happened there. We're going to have an exclusive interview today with Tom Fitton, the head of Judicial Watch, the man who brings transparency to Washington and forces those bureaucrats to give up documents. They do not want to give up secrets. They want to keep secret. Tom's going to be here. He's going to give us all sorts of great new news, great ideas about what's coming down the pike in his FOIA lawsuits, about what we just learned in the FBI and Ukraine scandals, uh, and so much more. Tom's a great guest. We've had him on before. Everybody loves them. This is going to have a lot of news, so buckle your seatbelt. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, I want to tell you about some breaking news around uh, the uh, whistleblowers. We've had a pattern of Adam Schiff producing whistleblowers. First, it's Christopher Steele. Then it's Eric Charmella. Now we got a new guy at the Homeland Security Department. His story is already falling apart, and we're only a few days into it. Why does Adam Schiff and whistleblowers not hold together? The story of Brian Murphy, Homeland Security former intelligence chief, coming up right after the break, plus my exclusive on Hunter Biden and a bribery payment from Burisma that the State Department detected while Hunter Biden was serving on the board of Burisma in Ukraine. We're going to cover both of those items when we come right back from this brief commercial break. Hey, folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Uh, so much going on. Uh, I want to lay out a timetable of important events because very momentous information is about to burst onto the scene. I believe next week will be the week, the week of September 21st. Put Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday on your calendar. Put some circles around it. I think some big things are going to happen. I am hearing that on Monday, September 21st, that Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley, the two Republican Senate committee chairmen, are going to release their joint report on all things Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Ukraine, Russia. This is a big report. It's the compilation of over a year of intensive investigative work. There are going to be some bombshells in it. I'm going to tell you what some of them are right now. I think the report will likely conclude, according to my sources, that Joe Biden engaged in a prohibited conflict of interest by continuing to preside over Ukraine policy, including the firing of a Ukrainian prosecutor investigating his son, while his son, Hunter Biden, 
served on the main gas company, natural gas company in Ukraine. I think you're also going to learn that it wasn't just the State Department that had concerns about Hunter Biden. The Treasury Department had some concerns about his business dealings. That's going to be a headline that comes out of the report. Um, I think you're going to learn a lot more about who and what the State Department were doing to try to facilitate or help Hunter Biden and his company get out of the corruption jam that Burisma Holdings was in in Ukraine. And speaking of that, had a big story yesterday. It's still playing even today, a day later. Um, new State Department documents that I obtained under the Freedom of Information Act under a lawsuit, thanks to my good friends at Southeastern Legal Foundation. They show that about eight months after Hunter Biden first joined the Burisma Holdings Board, this would be about January 2015, he joined in May of 2014, the State Department, specifically George Kent, remember the guy with the bow tie that testified at the impeachment hearings? George Kent detected, learned that Burisma Holdings had paid a $7 million bribe to a Ukrainian prosecutor who was investigating the company for corruption. And uh, after that $7 million bribe was paid, according to George Kent's own memos, which I obtained, I read that, put them on the site, you go to the story, click on dig in, you can actually read the memo yourself. Don't have to take my word for it. It's right there for you to see. Well, George Kent interviewed one of the prosecutors who acknowledged that the money had changed hands. And here's what happened. The prosecution team that allegedly received the bribe, they suddenly dropped a key component of the case. They failed to provide evidence to British authorities where an asset forfeiture was ongoing to punish the uh, head of Burisma Holdings, Hunter Biden's boss, essentially. Hunter Biden was a board member. Mikola Zolchevsky was the head of uh, Burisma. He was the target of this British investigation. Basically, Ukrainian prosecutors dropped the ball after getting a $7 million bribe. I wonder why. Uh, all of that is documented in State Department records. In fact, the State Department was so concerned, they actually reported the bribe to the FBI and asked for an investigation. It looks like it ended there. It doesn't look like anybody in the James Comey, Andrew McCabe, FBI took the matter any further, which I think uh, we're going to learn more about in the report next week. But uh, Hunter Biden, corruption, Ukraine. Remember during impeachment, we kept hearing, hey, guys, uh, there's no there there. It's a conspiracy theory to be focusing on Hunter Biden in Ukraine. Nothing untoward happened. Now, what do we find out? After, after the impeachment proceedings, we've learned that the State Department believed Joe Biden and Hunter Biden were engaged in the appearance of a conflict of interest prohibited by federal ethics laws. That's one thing. George Kent, the guy with the bow tie, he testified to that. Two, that the uh, Burisma Holdings uh, representatives in America were pressuring the State Department, actually invoking Hunter Biden's name as the reason why the State Department, the U.S. Embassy in Kiev, needed to shut down these corruption investigations and protect Burisma, protect Hunter Biden. That's come out because of my lawsuit. We now know that the State Department signed a contract through a contractor to allow Burisma to participate in a clean energy program, a prestigious program in Ukraine, something that would rehabilitate Burisma's corrupt image. And George Kent had to go, the same guy with the bow tie, had to go and cancel that contract because Burisma was too corrupt to be doing business with the State Department. So those are three big revelations that undercut the uh, democratic narrative that there was no there, there, conspiracy theory, no reason to be worried about Hunter Biden in Ukraine. Well, here's the fourth one now. 
while Hunter Biden was serving on the board, the State Department, same guy, George Kemp, reported to the FBI suspicions that Burisma had paid a $7 million bribe to a Ukrainian prosecutor to end the case or tamper with the case or slow down the case, um, put a wrench in the case. Uh, all of that is now documented. These are not anonymous sources like the Atlantic Council have. These are not bogus dossiers. These are official U.S. government documents laying out what the State Department did. It is irrefutable now that this, uh, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden's relationship, Joe Biden overseeing U.S.-Ukraine policy, allegedly trying to fight corruption in Ukraine while his son is serving on the board of a allegedly corrupt Ukrainian company, that that created awkwardness, discomfort, the appearance, and if not an actual conflict of interest for our State Department, undercutting our efforts to end chronic corruption in Ukraine. That is now a documented, irrefutable story, no matter what Adam Schiff says, no matter what Lieutenant Colonel Vidman says, no matter what Marie Yovanovitch says or any others. The fact of the matter is the Democratic narrative during the impeachment proceedings has fallen apart as real evidence, real facts, real documents have emerged into the public. And that's a pattern. And that's going to bring me to my last point before we go on to our great interview with Tom Fitton. Today, I broke a story that Adam Schiff's latest fancy, a Homeland Security whistleblower by the name of Brian Murphy, is starting to see his story unravel. So let's go through the history first of Adam Schiff and whistleblowers and allegations of wrongdoing about the Trump administration. In March of 2017, on the floor of Congress during a congressional hearing, Adam Schiff read into the record parts of the Christopher Steele dossier, and he said it proved that there was a Russian-Trump collusion conspiracy. Well, we now know it wasn't a collusion conspiracy. It was Russian disinformation fed to Christopher Steele. It was bogus. There was no collusion by Donald Trump. There was collusion between Russian intelligence and Christopher Steele to give the FBI a bum story. So that was uh, Adam Schiff's first endeavor with a whistleblower, Christopher Steele. The second whistleblower, Eric Charmella, the guy that uh, blew the whistle on Ukraine uh, and created the impeachment scandal. His story was there was a phone call between President Trump and uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky, the new president, last year in 2019, in which President Trump tied the uh, U.S. aid, future U.S. aid to Ukraine to, I'm not making this up, a, a demand that uh, they invest that Ukrainians investigate Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Now, it is true the president raised the issue of the investigation, but there was never a tie in the phone call. They released a transcript. Once again, it was disproven one of the key tenets of Adam Schiff's whistleblowing. And now we have this guy uh, at the Homeland Security Department who says, uh, Brian Murphy, former intelligence chief, that the Trump officials inside the Homeland Security Department were... Uh, suppressing, tailoring, altering, manipulating intelligence reports to underplay threats from Russia, from white supremacists, from other um, uh, bad uh, actors that were targeting the United States. He's uh, the new flavor of the day for Adam Schiff. And guess what? Today, new evidence has emerged that directly undercuts Adam Schiff's new star witness. What is it? Well, there is a, a new witness who has come forward uh, the deputy counsel for the Homeland Security Department, who has told Congress today in a closed-door session, a uh, transcribed interview, that uh, Brian Murphy has a problem. Uh, 
Brian Murphy ordered, according to this uh, official, uh, uh, the surveillance of certain journalists because he was upset those journalists might have obtained his, meaning Brian Murphy's, government work emails. Uh, That's one problem. The second problem is uh, this witness has testified unequivocally that Brian Murphy's story of being ordered by Trump higher-ups to manipulate intelligence is disproven, not only by eyewitness accounts, but by, you ready for this, his own contemporaneous emails. Yes, there are Homeland Security emails in which it is clearly stated no one was ordering Brian Murphy to manipulate these intelligence reports. Um, Once again, an Adam Schiff uh, cried wolf moment seems to be turning into something other than the evidence that was promised. Uh, This pattern continues to go on, and the question I have is, for how much longer will the American media allow Adam Schiff to make these stories public, drive these narratives, only to see them dissipate, fall apart when someone gets the real facts going on? The pattern has become too regular. It's time for colleagues in my profession to look with a more critical eye to say Adam Schiff's record hasn't been that good on these whistleblower stories to challenge the narrative before we just run with it um, without uh, discretion or reporting or other extraordinary checking. Listen, as journalists, we should check our facts before we go with them. Very important element. Three big stories today. Let's keep in mind also a historic piece uh, deal signing at the White House presided over by President Trump. The Arab neighbors of Israel are making peace in record speed. UAE, the United Arab Emirates, now Bahrain. I wouldn't be surprised if Saudi Arabia, the kingdom, uh, is the next to make a deal with Israel. They have long had good relations behind closed doors, and now it may be time for them to formalize relationships in the Middle East. Important historic moments occurring around the world, even as we sit here speaking today. All right, folks, we're going to go to another commercial break. When we come back, Tom Fitton, the one and only, the Judicial Watch leader, the man who makes bureaucrats shudder at night because he demands that they produce their documents and be transparent about what really goes on in government, in the FBI, in the intelligence community, in the ODNI, in so many places. We would not have the full narrative that we now have on Russia collusion and the Russiagate, Obamagate scandal were it not for the efforts of people like Tom Fitton. You're going to hear from him directly. He's going to tell you about the latest documents that have been uncovered and what might be coming down the pike in the not-so-distant future. And, of course, we got to ask him, does he really think John Durham and Bill Barr have the goods? Will there be more charges, more accountability to come in the failed FBI investigation of Russia collusion? You're going to hear right from the horse's mouth, Tom Fitton, right after these commercial breaks. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, a man without whom Washington would have a lot more secrets. Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch, the man who has exposed everything from Pete Strzok's text to the wiping of Andrew Weissman's phone. Tom, welcome back to the show. Hey, John, good to be with you again. Uh, it's an honor to have you on. Yeah. Last week, another example of your great work on behalf of the American people. You exposed documents showing that several members of uh, Robert Mueller's uh, staff, including his chief deputy, Andrew Weissman, wiped their phones and essentially erased government data from government phones. Can you tell us the latest about what you know about it? And also, do you see any legal violations here that might have been committed by the team, uh, uh, by Team Mueller? Well, it looks like there were upwards of 31 phones, John, that uh, were wiped or destroyed or otherwise missing. Uh, in, on the Mueller team. And all this uh, arose in the course of an IG investigation uh, when it emerged that there were texts between Lisa Page and Peter Strzok um, that were uh, that showed political bias. And, of course, they were working on the Mueller operation. And so they're asking Mueller for their information. And it turns out they had released, uh, they had uh, deleted texts by resetting the phone, supposedly. Wow. So they were missing text messages. So we asked for information about that, and boom, we find out that the investigation found that there was a, a pandemic of white phones there. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know about you, but yeah. I don't understand how you can wipe your phone, even yeah. if you try hard. So uh, this raises the question whether there was a purple, purposeful violation of law, obstruction of justice, destruction of evidence, destroying federal records, all sorts of uh, um Conspiracy, the old, the, the tried and true um, uh, crime, uh, often present in situations like this. Mm. And this is what we need a criminal investigation of this. And I see the Senate, Ron Johnson has asked for the IG he and did. Chuck Grassley asked for the IG, but you know, the IG <laughs> will be in 2024 by the time we get that answer. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, they, and, they, and the IG uncovered this and didn't do anything about it. So I don't know if the IG wow. is going to do the right the right vehicle. I think we need a criminal investigation. And if there were anyone else, and, and, well, actually, we already know what happens when this happens in, any, in other circumstances. Remember Paul Manafort? They Dude. raided his home. Right. Part of the reason they raided his home because supposedly they worried about him destroying evidence. Maybe it's time to raid Andrew Weissman's home. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, who raids the DOJ? Yeah, that's it. That's the key. Um, that's the key thing here. I mean, when we keep going through these anecdotes and and over time, you, you, you get to understand why the American public sees this dual just, justice system, right? Mike Flynn has uh, one uh, false statement. He gets charged with lying to the FBI. Andrew, um, Andy McCabe makes four or three or four. He doesn't get charged at all. Uh, Paul Manafort suspected of uh, destroying evidence. They raid his home uh, two years after the IG first discovered this or a year after the IG discovered this. Nobody's done anything to to check out what Andrew Weissman and the team Mueller did. When you hear 31, right? I mean, one or two, one could say, all right, there was something weird that was going on. 31 means it's systemic, right? There was a systemic effort to wipe their phones. Yeah, a pandemic of wiping going on over there. Uh, <laughs> like and uh, when you have people uh, wipe two or three phones like Andrew Weissman did, right? Um, I think two of the three phones he uh, had were wiped. Wow. Uh, it's just strange credulity and uh, it needs a further investigation. And this is on top of our finding that Mueller was indeed in the running for the FBI job. That's right. Denial for the contrary. There's a Rod Rosenstein email. And Rosenstein says, 
Mueller took himself, I, I don't have the exact quote here, but uh, you'll have to trust me on it. Mueller took himself out of the run. Running. He doesn't want yeah. to be considered anymore. So you have so the possibility of right false he, testimony by the chief of the investigation, right? That's right, because he was asked about whether he was interviewed for the job. He goes, oh, no, I was just advising the president on it. Well, the president says I was interviewing him. Wow. And now we have confirmation that the president was right and that Mueller was potentially lying to Congress about whether or not he was up for the job and whether he wanted to be considered for it. Why else would you withdraw yourself from consideration for a job you weren't being considered for? And indeed, that Great was point. the same day he was hired as special counsel by Rosenstein. It's unbelievable. I mean, the, the guys who were appointed to investigate crimes or may have been committing crimes themselves. Um, you know, back in Watergate, there was a famous moment where 19 minutes of a tape disappeared. Um, and I believe that was uh, President Nixon's secretary, Rosemary Woods, who did that. But in this case here now, we have, as you said, an epidemic of destroyed evidence. You've got Christopher Steele admitting in Britain that he destroyed all of his documents of his contacts with the FBI. You've got Jonathan Weiner, the State Department official, acknowledging he destroyed official government records about his contacts with Christopher Steele and more than 110 dossiers that were created for the State Department, including the anti-Trump one. Uh, we've got Strzok and Page uh, deleting some of their text messages, which required the IG to go on a wild goose chase. Now you got Robert Mueller. All this destruction of evidence, don't you think that there should be an obstruction of investiga uh, justice investigation and charges forthcoming after all that we've seen publicly? Yeah, the question is, have they even begun looking at this area? And uh, Great question. You know, it's it, this is why your work is so important, our work is so important, because it will never be done uh, without it being public. Because yeah. if left to their own devices, they simply won't investigate this. Or sometimes, to be fair, they may be investigating it, but they may not know about it because they didn't get the documents. It's pretty clear now that you have to have like 16 people asking for the same document six different ways, you know, 16 <laughs> different ways. Crazy, isn't it? rule for it to come out. Yeah. We get stuff Congress gets, Congress gets stuff we don't get, you get stuff no one gets. It, it's, it's, uh, and you can bet Durham's in the same boat. I so, you, um, you know, I, I've always, I've been complaining about them not being aggressive enough in DOJ. On the other hand, they're, they're facing either through government incompetence or dishonesty, uh, significant obstruction. Yeah, I think that's exactly what, what the uh, the real question is. And um, when you look at the Durham investigation, I know you've been one uh, from the beginning, appropriately so, skeptical of the possibility there would be significant accountability. We've got one conviction in the bag, so to speak, but uh, a, a one that a, a first-year law student could have made on, on the uh, alteration of, a me uh, of an email by um, an FBI lawyer uh, by the name of Klein Smith. Do you see other activity that would suggest more people are going to be um, indicted or punished, or are we at the end of the rope here? Well, I've uh, been skeptical of the additional indictments, although I give a, I have a little pause there because uh, Peter Strzok was asked whether he was a target yeah. on CBS News the other day, and he didn't answer the question. Yep. So uh, it suggests to me that perhaps he is a target. Um, and also he hadn't been interviewed. Someone as critical as him hadn't been interviewed. Usually you don't interview the people you're going to charge until the end. And so, yeah, that's that. I read that the same way, Tom. That's an interesting uh, perception. You know, and the difference between him and Brennan is Brennan's always said, I'm not a target. This is ridiculous. Right. Right. Um, struck didn't say that. And right. so, um, 
in many ways, it may be too late to indict Strzok for political reasons, um, and they may decide not to do it, or they may wait so long that after the election they do it and it gets undone by a new president, if you know what I mean. Right. But we'll see. It's, I, I wouldn't rule a struck indictment out at this point. But yeah, who knows? I was very perceptive. I had that, uh, similar thoughts after seeing that interview. He was very evasive on that issue. And the fact that he hasn't been interviewed when he's such an important subject witness, you know, to so much of what happened uh, is, a, is a clue that something is up there. Um, we, I had a story today on uh, Hunter Biden and, and uh, the fact that uh, the State Department believed that a bribe payment had been made by his employer, Burisma, during the time he was on the board. Uh, there were stories last week that the president mentioned on China. You've done some remarkable work on Ukraine. Uh, how frustrated are you to see the mainstream media just ignore all of these stories that raise really legitimate questions about the ethics, the um, legal compliance of the Biden family? Well, the media is just in the pocket of Joe Biden here. I mean, they've become complete partisans uh, against President Trump, and that means protecting Joe Biden from the consequences of uh, his and his family's scandalous behavior. And uh, in the case of Ukraine, it's got they've gone a step further. They are now are labeling any questions about what happened in Ukraine part of Russia, right. the Russiagate scandal. So. You're a Russian agent. I'm a Russian agent. We're all Russian agents for asking why it is uh, uh, Hunter Biden was getting uh, walking around money from the Burisma board for his role on the Burisma board and for highlighting uncontroverted facts that Burisma was a corrupt country, a company, as your new story documents. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. And um, if you go back now and you take a look at the story that Adam Schiff and the whistleblower and the others weaved last year, we now know that almost all the tenets of the um, of the Democrat impeachment story on Ukraine are wrong. In fact, all the claims that there was nothing going on on Hunter Biden's watch that should concern anyone have been disproven. Um, all the claims that the evidence uh, of concern was Russian disinformation gone because it was the State Department itself. It was Barack Obama and Joe Biden's own people that were highlighting the wrongdoing going on in real time uh, at Burisma. It, uh, it's pretty remarkable that an entire impeachment proceeding was put together on the premise of false claims, false evidence, another Adam Schiff um, uh, uh, disinformation campaign. When will the, do you think that some of this stuff gets around the media and gets to the American public? Do you, do you have confidence that people are beginning to understand the, the legitimate issues around the Biden family? Uh, I think uh, there's a significant hurdle with the media blackout on it, and uh, it's really up to the president to highlight this issue personally. Yeah. Uh, like with so many other public corruption issues, if he isn't talking about it, the media will ignore it. That's the and key. And by raising the issue of Biden, Burisma, and China, uh, that will help educate Americans about what's out there. I mean, uh, I, you know, I'm sure the president won't talk about impeachment again, uh, but the fact is those impeachment proceedings provided evidence, sworn evidence, that the Obama administration was concerned about what was going on with Burisma and Biden. Yeah. And it also showed that the folks responsible for Ukraine per- either ignored it or avoided the issue entirely, both with the Biden uh, corruption issues out there with Burisma and the Ukrainian involvement uh, in going after President Trump in 2016. They all knew it was happening. They didn't want to look at it. And, and as you point out, instead that they were more concerned about uh, potentially illegally monitoring people like you and 
the president's son, uh, Don Trump Jr. and Rudy Giuliani. And yourself? Uh, their social media accounts. And yeah. we, we confirm that through documents as well. I don't think we've talked about that yet. Yeah, no, that's such an important uh, revelation. And again, another piece of fantastic work by Judicial Watch and you, Tom. You're on that list. There's a total of 13 people, all of them, uh, or nearly all of them, uh, you know, people that are on Fox News or, uh, you know, uh, chaired by the conservatives. The When you look back at that now, uh, does that feel like an enemies list? Do you feel like you were being monitored solely because you were doing, you know, public interest work for the for the American public? Well, to be clear, I'm not on the list. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. That's right. You're not on there. That's right. But but you were. But that's exactly why you were being. That's right. That's I forgot. I, for a moment there, Henry, Henry, yeah. that's right. And Giuliani, because they were asking questions, because these are the topics that they were interested in monitoring. This is out of the Ukrainian embassy, right, under Ambassador Yovanovitch, and the documents show they were monitoring all of those individuals were talking about, uh, and when they went for help for more monitoring in D.C., D.C. said, you can't do that. It's in violation of the Privacy Act. Right. And they were looking at not positive things you were saying about Ukraine and Soros and Biden, but criticism. So they were targeting you because you were seen as an attacker. They wanted to know what the attacks were. And that's wildly inappropriate and perhaps illegal. It really is a, a scary thing. And I've, I've been told, uh, Tom, I, I learned this over the weekend, that a less redacted set of these documents are going to be going to the Senate, showing the admonition of, uh, of uh, illegality it sh- uh, was much stronger. Uh, there's apparently some redacted sections of these memos where uh, the embassy was told the only reason they were being asked to stop was because it violated the law. That seems to be important because the story that – uh, Ambassador Yovanovitch and some of the other State Department officials uh, weaved during the impeachment was that they stopped because they had a lack of resources. But if the real reason was they were told they were breaking the law, that would raise yet another question about someone's testimony. Do you do you think that could come public between now and Election Day? Well, that's up to the Senate, you know, and, and if they're being withheld improperly under FOIA, they should be releasing them generally uh, right. to Judicial Watch. And, and, you know, I know you've been asking for them, too. Yovanovitch's testimony needs to be examined even before this because she suggested that she didn't have much knowledge about what was going on. It was some vague social media monitoring because that's what they always do. And right. that simply wasn't true. So, uh, you know, whether she's going to perjury or not, that's more of a more difficult legal question to figure out. Right. But certainly her testimony needs to be carefully examined. Uh, and, you know, since the House isn't doing anything, the Republicans in the least might want to start looking at that because we know the Democrats uh, aren't interested in doing any justice here at all. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. It's, it's really the Senate Republicans and the White House that have the stick if they can get there. When you look out, you've got um, you know hundreds of important cases out there that you've been fighting over the last few years. What do you think are the next important shoes to drop? Which cases do you hope mature soon that could inform the public, not only about the election, but just about the overall conduct of their government? Do you, what, what are your favorites coming down the pike? Well, we have several Biden lawsuits that, you know, ought to be getting ripe in terms of production. I mean, the FBI is also sitting on a mother load of documents about Obamagate that can't come out soon enough, but they want to slow walk him. Uh, the challenge we're facing, John, is that the agencies know these documents are important, so they construct a process to not only withhold documents improperly, but to slow walk the material. There are Fauci records, for instance, his emails 
about uh, communications with WHO about China and coronavirus early on in when the virus is just emerging. Uh, they've got a motherload of documents there. They don't want to release them to us in a timely way. They want to slow walk the release of the information. Right. So, and on top of that, we've got all this election issue, all these election issues where we're suing to clean up the rolls uh, and over the opposition of the states. So we got a we got a lot of crises we're facing in terms of the rule of law and the way our government's being run and how we're electing our government. That that uh, it's going to be a busy fifty to. Well, frankly, the work never stops at Judicial Watch. Because I was going to say, you've been going nonstop for uh, decades now, and, and really one of the few places in the country left where transparency is achieved on a regular basis. I mean, it is pretty remarkable what Judicial Watch does. How many folks do you have working for you when you have lawyers and staff? Because you, you really run a small operation that does really outsized impact. I mean, uh, what's it like to be in the inside of Judicial Watch? What's, what's the team look like? Uh, we have a little bit over uh, 50 staff, about a dozen lawyers on staff, a team of investigators, obviously uh, fundraisers. People should support our work, and right. we've got a big educational component because that's what we do. We're an educational foundation. The goal is to educate people about what their government's up to and, and use um, uh, litigation to not only achieve justice and vindicate the rule of law, uh, but the results of that, we can tell people about what's really going on. So, uh uh, it's a great team, and you know I'm out there talking about their great work. But um, you know, for instance, this Mueller team, uh, this Mueller phone uh, wipe scandal, is the result of our investigations department asking for the documents in 2018, fighting and fighting and fighting. Finally, the lawyers come in, and our lawyers sue for it, and pushing and pushing and pushing in court, and we finally get the documents. So it's a team effort that is that is. Um, requires diligence and and commitment it's uh remarkable on on many fronts that the how long these things take i don't think the average american uh, appreciates the the years that often go into particularly the most controversial ones um you're you were still getting this year productions of uh, materials from the 2016 mid-year hillary clinton email scandal right that were really relevant like important new revelations um What's that like to know that when you start something like this, it may be two, one, two, three, four years before you get to the bottom of the truth? I mean, it's frustrating in some ways, but it's just, you know, it's just the reality of our work. And uh, these issues never go away. I mean, Hillary Clinton, for instance, wants to come back into the government. It's pretty clear. That's right. And so, <laughs> you know, we can have an attorney general, Hillary Clinton or something like that. So uh, it's never too late to get the records in terms of accountability. Uh, it is frustrating, though, that uh, this Justice Department and this State Department continue to, to protect her. They just filed a brief um, uh, a week or so ago asking Judge Royce Lambert to shut down any further questioning of, of, of anything related to Clinton emails and the related Benghazi scandal. Uh, to me, which is such a betrayal of those Americans who expected uh, accountability from um, the, uh, the change in uh, regime. Uh, with the end of the Obama administration. It is it is remarkable, and we're keeping in mind that Benghazi was eight years ago this month. I mean, eight years ago, and we still don't have the full thing. We don't really know the full story of what happened in the 2016 election as we hand, head into the 2020 election. Uh, the, the, um, the ability of the permanent bureaucracy to to thwart uh, the American people from getting the truth is real. And we're so fortunate that you, you fight that bureaucracy every day and, and win far more often than, uh, than anyone else I know in this, in this arena. 
the um, the going back to where we we started to talk about the uh, wiping of the phones is the next step. I know with Hillary Clinton, you want to interview her about Benghazi in the in the email. Is the next step to possibly ask for permission? Uh, to interview or, or, or depose people like Andrew Weissman to figure out why they wiped these uh, these uh, documents and what or uh, these phones and what could have been on the phones when they were wiped. Oh well, that's a whole different question. Whether or not there's enough there to be uh, to get discovery on this issue, uh, I don't know because uh, the question is: Did it impact Freedom of Information Act lawsuits other other places we had pending? Right. And that, that answer might be yes, but we'll have to look at that. But uh, that's 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 exactly the sort of questions that we'll be asking. And at the Justice Department, we're we're honest. That's the sort of part of the criminal inquiry that they'd be looking at as well. The unmasking uh, word is that there's going to be a new list of unmasked names that will show a much wider universe of Trump people being uh, unmasked and monitored by the Obama administration in the the last months of the uh, Obama term. This all, the revelations that led to Russiagate, to Obamagate as we now call it, all started originally with the concern that you and I and others had, uh, Devin Nunez, about unmasking. As that comes full circle, what have we learned about the intelligence communities uh, and the political appointees' propensity to use intercepted phone records, intercepted conversations to spy on their enemies, their uh, their uh colleagues. Um, is it as bad as a Snowden once portrayed? Are, are we in an era now where the primary protections of our civil liberties are eroded by this backdoor? Yes, yeah, certainly if there's no one going to jail for doing it uh, improperly. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to have this technique available for emergency use in a national security crisis with right. a pending terrorist threat. That's, a, that's how it was sold to us. And many of us are on the conservative side. We're like, okay, well, you know, we understand our libertarian, civil libertarian concerns, but we have to trust the cops, right? We have to trust the FBI. We have to trust the government. Well, that trust, there's no reason for it anymore. Uh, and uh, we can presume uh, that it's thoroughly corrupted. And it will remain thoroughly corrupted. And there could be no reason to trust as long as those who broke the law as many, it seems, did, aren't held accountable. Great Because point. you can have all the reforms in the world. I mean, the law already prevented it from happening. The rules already prevented it from happening in the past. But because there was no sanction for misconduct, it just continued and it didn't matter. And why would we expect things to change if there continues to be no sanction for breaking the rules? Yeah, that, that deterrence factor is what's been missing from the FBI's, particularly the FBI's misconduct for a long time. It's you know, there are great rules and great procedures. If the Woods procedures were fi- fa- followed, we wouldn't have had uh, Carter Page targeted for 12 months because the Wood procedures would have captured uh, the, the problems and, and it would have uh, fallen apart quickly. But it's the failure to follow. And then the fact that there's really just no penalty, it creates the temptation for the next set of rules to be broken just as easily. And I, that may be the final uh, judgment that the American people render on Russiagate, which is a lot of wrongdoing. But we didn't fix the system because the temptation to do it hasn't been eroded by deterrence. Um, final thoughts as you look out over the next 60 days, and, and you're, you're, you have great political instincts, so you're in the public education business. What is important for the Trump administration, the federal agencies, um, your lawsuits to focus on in these final you know, 50 plus days of the election? 
Well, if I were the president, I'd just do this as a matter of policy anyway, irrespective of the election. But, you know, he, he let's say that his term ends in January or let's say it begins another four, four years. I mean, for the reasons we're talking about, uh, he should go on a transparency tear. There should be a transparency revolution where he tells all the agencies enough with the stonewalling. There's no reason to dribble this, this information out. Get it all out. Stop with the fake redactions. Stop with the abusive exemptions that black out information. We want the world to know about what happened here on, on this terrible corruption, the worst corruption scandal in American history. If it's the worst corruption scandal in American history, then it should be all hands on deck in terms of transparency. And enough with the, the, um, of, uh, uh, the abuse of FOIA that's been allowed to fester for years here. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And uh, it's funny, I was uh, talking to a FOIA officer just a few months ago, and I, I mentioned your name. Says, is there any uh, pending uh, uh, Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton, things? And I re- I'll remember this like it was yesterday. The FOIA officer said, oh, my God, I lay awake at night worrying about the next Tom Fitton filing. Uh, so you've definitely put some people on notice in these federal agencies that you're not going to take no for an answer when the American people deserve yes. And for that uh, the entire American public, regardless of your political stripe, really owes you and Judicial Watch a great a debt of gratitude, of honor for, for what you've done. And uh, we'll, we here at John Solomon Reports Just the News, we're going to be following everything you do because you bring to light a lot of the misconduct that the bureaucrats have tried to hide for many, many years. So, Tom, we're grateful and um, we hope to have you back on the show real soon. Well, thank you, John, and we really appreciate your old-fashioned investigative journalism as well. Um, if only uh, there were even three more journalists who did that type of work in this town, we'd be a lot better off. We're trying to grow a new generation, just like you grew a generation of great lawyers committed to transparency. That's what we're trying to do at Just the News. So hopefully a few years from now, we'll be a little bigger, and we'll be talking about 10 or 12 other reporters. But uh, it's an important time for the American public to uh, to have people fighting for the truth, and you are on the front line of that battle every day, and we're, we're very thankful. All Thank right, you. folks, we're going to uh, come back and wrap things up in just a few seconds right after this commercial break. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. I'm so grateful that you join us, that you bought the book, Fallout, that you submit and ask so many great questions when we have open sessions to talk to our audience. Of course, I really appreciate the fact you listen to this podcast. You support our advertisers. It is so gratifying, so humbling to know that so many great people in America care about the truth and and trust just the news and my colleagues there with the truth to get you the facts not the spin, to get you information, not indoctrination, to get you the truth, not false narratives. That's what we're about at Just the News, and we ask you to hold us accountable, and here's how you can do it. When we write our stories, we've got our own tab called Dig In. All of our documents that we've collected, all of our audio, our video, our research links, they're all there for you to check out. 
you don't have to take our word for it. We're not as arrogant as the New York Times. It says you have to believe us because we're the New York Times. We believe we can trust you to make up your own mind. We're going to give you the facts both in the story and in the dig-in section. You decide. We'll just report. What a novel idea. I'm so grateful that you've embraced it and have joined us on this great journey. That is Just the News and John Solomon Reports, the podcast. All right, we're going to be back on Thursday. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the former White House press secretary, somebody who's tangoed a few times with the uh, news media in Washington. A lot to say about the state of vitriol in America, about the sorry state of the news media and reporting in Washington, about goodness and kindness all across America, some funny stories, some moments that will make you cry and laugh in her new book. And you're going to want to hear that on Thursday. Exclusive interview with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. We'll be back at Thursday. Until then, be safe, be happy, enjoy your families. Most of all, make sure you check out justthenews.com for all the breaking news. We'll be back in a couple of days. Mm-hmm.